Hello and welcome to The Patonk Show with me, David Plumhoff. Today is our first ever podcast, our first ever recording, and we're pleased to announce that Callum Lombard will be on the show today. Callum, um, if you don't know, is an up-and-coming Patonk star, basically. He's uh, been around the game for a good good number of years, but over the last couple of years he's really progressed um, to become an elite player. We'll be talking to Callum about his achievements in the game, about when he started, how he started, about his future aspirations, his goals, how he sees Patonk going at the moment, uh, talk about the rankings, who he's playing with, how he expects to do. We'll also ask Callum at the end of the show for his three wishes. I'm going to be a genie, basically, and we're going to ask him for three wishes he would love in Patonk. We're going to try and do this with all our guests that we have on the show. And hopefully we'll get an insight into what Callum really wants to happen in the future. Right then, without further ado, let's introduce Callum Lombard. Hello Callum. Good afternoon Dave, how are you? I'm good, thank you my man. You? Not too bad mate, yeah, I'm looking forward to the new season ahead. Oh yeah, good. Well we'll get into that a bit later. Um, so Callum, for people that don't know you, your name's Callum Lombard. Just tell us a bit about what you've... Uh, well, basically, what, what region you come from, how you got into Batonk, and uh, when you started playing, basically. Just let us know a bit, bit into the life of Callum Lombard as a Batonk player. Okay, yeah, so I'm currently based down in Southern Counties, and my local club, Bickle River Hamble. Um, I've only, to be fair, only started playing Batonk when I turned about 16, 17 properly. When was that? Or oh, we're talking sort of eight years ago now. Okay. Um, spent... A lot of my time in my early years playing football, as you know. Yeah, you were good at football, weren't you? <clears throat> yeah, and obviously through recent years I've started playing in most competitions up and down the country, testing myself against you know some of the best best players there are. Um, and I feel like every year I've been playing, I've been progressing and improving in the sport. Which yeah, is you've good certainly been doing that, yeah. Okay, okay, I get that. Now, now just take us back. Back a bit further. So you started playing Patonk when you were 16, 17 years old. Um, how did you get into it though? So is there family members that play? Is there, was it at, was it through college? Was it just something you saw in the park when you were walking past? How did you like get involved? Because a lot of young people don't really get involved in Patonk. They play, like you say, football and other sports. So how did you get to know what Patonk was and how did you get to play it? So I suppose, in a way, I mean, Patonk has changed a lot throughout the years. I mean, my... My mum and dad met through playing Patonk when so, they were younger. So your mum and dad played it? My mum and dad did play, yeah. My nan used to work in a pub. And obviously, as we know, a lot of yeah. sort of clubs were sort of originated in pubs to start with. And that was just kind of how they met each other. And they played in the same team. I mean, my mum and dad have both represented England um, at national level. So you say it was them that really... you Through watching them and... So basically, when you were younger... They'd be off out to play Patong and what you'd go with them or and see what it was. Or? So I, I don't, I can't recollect so much from when I was actually younger. Mm. I mean, I only played on the odd occasion, um, but it was certainly sort of my mum and dad where they had been playing it throughout the years. Yeah, they kind of did, yeah, get me into the sport. So, I suppose, yeah. So, is your mum and dad basically? And your mum and dad, do they still play now? Are they still, still actively playing? Yeah, so my mum and dad. Both still play the Patonk, well, both still play, um, only at league level really. Um, my dad may, or my mum, 
My mum does attend some national events. She didn't as much last year because um, I suppose there were comments from certain people and the, the system as a whole. I can't really say it. talk about that, can I? No, you talk about whatever you want, mate. No, there's no, no. Talk about whatever you want, but we can get into that later. But yeah, you say whatever you, whatever you feel. No, I think my mum received sort of comments. I'm not, I'm not trying to sort of play on a negative. You don't have to here. mention any names or anything. You don't have to do that. But <coughs> say what, say what you want to say. If you don't want to say it, then just don't say it. But if you do, then it's entirely up to you. It's your, it's your uh, so podcast. Basically, my mum didn't play as much nationally last year because. The kind of impression she got was that there were only a select few members in the female side of the game that would theoretically have a decent chance of actually getting into the team, okay. whether they got a decent amount of points in the competitions or not. It just seems as though England are looking for a particular calibre and style of player. Yeah, I'm sure a few people can relate to that, relate to what you're saying. I don't think it's just in the females, but it's also the men. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure people listening will probably relate to that. But anyway, we'll go off that a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so what you're saying is your mum and dad got you involved in the game. Uh, through them, you kind of got into it, started playing. At, would you say Leeds started playing at league level? Just what what club were you playing at then? Um, so I think I did spend a little time, a little bit of time at Cobbets to Cobbets, start yeah. with with my dad. And they're based but in then, Southampton, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then obviously my mum was playing for Hampshire Rose at the time, so mm-hmm. I think I made the switch over to them when I began playing. And ever since I've stuck with my mum's side, mum's team. We've changed from uh, oh, what was it to start with? It was Hampshire Rose, and we went to Beacon View, and now we're so we've had a few names. Yeah. Yeah, we've had <coughs> a few few, few names over the changes. years. Same sort of players and same club, but just different venues, basically. Yeah. Going from pub to pub, and then now you're at a uh, <coughs> like an outdoor centre, yeah. Yeah, so it's um, it's a country park basically. Yeah. You've got like an allocated bit. It's like a scouts hut. Um, we've the, the terrain wasn't there to start with. It was um, so completely new. You've completely built. It's yeah. We just got permission basically from the scout hut that we could go in there, build a terrain. And we've got about three pieces in there at the moment, but I think they're quite happy for us to extend it and make the piece bigger so that we can potentially That's good. Get hold some tournaments, yeah, hold some tor- tournaments and competitions. Yeah, that would be good. <coughs> so yeah, so we've heard a little bit there from Callum about how we grew up playing the sport and how we got into it. I mean, a lot of people do get into it through family members, I believe. I mean, a lot of grandparents play it because a lot of people do feel it's an old older sport, isn't it? I think. A lot of people do have that perception. Certainly, the people and friends that I know believe it's. They always say it's an old person sport, and they like to take the mick a little bit. But we know through playing, <coughs> week in week out, that it really isn't, is it? It's a mixture. There's a few old people, but I think that's what makes the sport great. Is that one week you could have a five year old or six year old playing against a eight year old. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think that's just fantastic. I think that is. I mean, it doesn't probably make a great spectacle. A great spectacle sport. I think that's one of the biggest problems they have in Baton is making it more of a spectator sport. But in terms of the actual people that play it, I think it's just fantastic the way that an eight-year-old can pick up a ball and compete and a six-year-old can pick up a ball and compete. Don't you agree? I do agree. I just think from obviously travelling around the country from the venues that I've been to, a lot of them do tend to be quite sort of tucked away almost. Um... So Obviously people can't, you get, yeah, you get people the, can't you see get the teams it. Teams yeah. turning up, but if I if I didn't play the sport and I didn't know there was something going on that day, I mean there'd be no way 
I mean, think of some examples. Cobbits, for example, I mean, every competition they tend to uh, run, it does get the numbers, and everyone that plays Patonk knows it's going on. But from the outside, from the outside, I mean, it's not the most built up area. No, it's the basically countryside, isn't it? Yeah. One road through. And Even Bath's new complex, to be fair. I mean, I went to the Bath this year as well, and they've got a lovely new piece there, right on top of a hill. It looks over the whole sort of city. City, yeah. But again, no one knows it's there. Trying to get actually to the venue to start with, I mean, it was a bit of a mission, to be honest. And They used to play in the square, didn't they? In the middle of I Bath, think they did, I yeah. We drove past it in the morning, and I mean... Very exposed it there. It may not be the most ideal place in terms of like, well, I mean, it's different nowadays, isn't it? Because Halpertonk was sort of 15, 20 years ago to what it is now. Like, would we be able to play in squares and things like that without sort of <laughs> insurance? Permission and yeah, there's always the some, of some sort mean. of problem. But I, sp- I suppose one of the venues that I, I know that I think is really good and is exposed to everyone is, have you ever played at Brighton Patonk Club on the beach? I've not been to Brighton, actually. I've seen some of the photos. It's fantastic. I mean, in the summertime, you've got hundreds and hundreds of people walking past uh, you playing Patonk, and everyone stops and has a look, stops and asks the questions, what are you playing? It's just a shame that, you know, those people walking by... If, Oh, well, I don't know if maybe Brighton could tell us they might have had three or four or five, six people join the join the club through just walking past and seeing it. I mean, it's a great venue. It's really idyllic the way it's where it's situated, and they must get so many people come past. It's it's brilliant. If you've ever, if you've never played there, never played at Brighton Patonk Club in right on the beach in Brighton, then I suggest you uh, I suggest you uh, get down there and have a look at it. So right, moving on now, we've um got into a bit of Callum's background about the sport and how he got involved in it, and we've also heard a little bit about his about Patong England as well, and we'll get into that a bit later. Right now, I just want to go back a bit to 2019. Um, you were you had a good successful year, I believe. You won a few tournaments. Um, you started the season well. I think you won like the Cobbets doubles, didn't you? Started off the year well. Yeah, I got a cheeky win with uh, Barry. With Barry Wing, yeah. Barry I Wing remember that because you beat me in the final. Um, so, yeah, 2019, the rankings. Um, how did you get on? How did you do? Rankings what, what, what um, were your asp- Actually, what were your aspirations at the start of the year? What, what what were you hoping to do? I know the top six of the rankings get to go and form a squad and become part of uh, England, uh, the squad system. But what, what were your aspirations? What were you thinking based on who you were playing with and what was coming up? Um. In all seriousness, um, <clears throat> every time I go out there to play in any competition, whether it's a ranking event or a local open event, I just want to win. Yeah. That's basically all that matters. To, that's all that matters to me. It doesn't matter how or what I need to do to win a game of a tonk. So winning's more important than Win performance, it, yeah. Um, I don't always think you have to perform your best to win. You you sometimes do have to find a way of winning. Yeah. That might not always necessarily be. You being the better player in your team, for example, but you've got to be scrappy. I mean, sometimes, who, 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 well, got to dig deep. Everybody's mentality is different, but <clears throat> yep. when I go out to play in a competition, especially if I've travelled two or three hours to get there, all I'm thinking about is trying to win it. Yeah. So what? So so what were your goals then? We know that you want to win, <clears throat> and you know a lot of people just want to win. Um, what were your goals going into the rankings last year? I mean, what events was there? So you had. 
let's just think about this. So there was was there doubles? There was two doubles events, wasn't there? Yeah. So bearing in mind, I mean, I hadn't won a national event actually until never. last year. I'd never, never won, won a national one. event. Um, so I suppose that was one of your goals, try and yep. Yeah, so tip that off the bucket list. The Gravesend weekend, in particular, titles a, weekend. Titles weekend was a good weekend. I think I got to the quarterfinals of the singles. Yeah, that's played good. against um, Roland Jones. What in the quarters? In the quarterfinals, yeah, lost to eleven. It was a very good last end, actually. Yeah. Got to the semi-finals with Jamie on the second day. Which was doubles, yeah, men's doubles. I yeah. kind of uh, fell apart. I wouldn't say fell apart, but. I think the tiredness kind of kicked in for me on the second day towards. Yeah, the they end. are long days, aren't they? And yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure the weather was pretty good, wasn't it as well? So, yeah. hot days, long days, a lot of lot of waiting around as well for other games to finish. Absolutely. And it can be mentally draining. Yeah. And obviously on the final day, playing with Kaylee in the mixed doubles, it was a great day. We didn't drop too many points actually throughout the whole entire day. Um, it was a good final. Against Sarah and Jack. So you won it, yeah? You beat Jack. Yes, uh, beat the Sarah and Jack Stranglehold. Because they, I mean, they're a bit of a formidable partnership, aren't they? Sarah, Sarah, um, well, that's the Huntley thing. and that's, Jack Blows. That's another motivation for me. Like, I know that there is a very good standard of player out there. I especially like the likes of Jack, Sam, Ross, yourself. Um, whenever I come up against these players or these teams, I really want to perform and do my best. And it is a good feeling when you beat them because. I mean, they've Jack and Sarah, for example, both represented England. Oh, numerous times, yeah. Numerous Especially, times, I mean, feeling. Sarah's won a bronze medal, hasn't she? She has indeed. She's won her in a shooting, so and to win it with your girlfriend as well. <laughs> your first, your first national event with your girlfriend. Yeah. Well, you were playing it. It was couples versus couples, wasn't it? It was indeed. Yeah. You and you and Kaylee. So yeah, so you did work titles weekend. Um, what about the triples? Who did you? Because where were the triples held last year? So one was at Worthing, was it? Yeah. So it's the first time. Um, was it the triple? Was has the triples always been a ranking event? Or yeah, was it yeah, it's always been. Triple. Was, it tit- was it a title now? Tri- yeah, there's, there's this year they've they've made it into like a, or maybe it was last year as well. I'm, I'm, my mind's gone year. blank. It's like an actual, as well as being ranking points on offer. It was, it was they brought back title. the national title. Yeah. yeah, like so you can be the national champions of the triples. Yeah, so I won that with um, Jason and his brother Dean. Jason White and Dean Ashby. Dean Ashby, yeah. Oh, Dean Ashby, yeah, his brother, mate. Did I say his brother? Yeah. <laughs> it's a stepdad, isn't it, I think, I believe. <laughs> so it's not, I'm thinking, I'll get, I'll get them all confused. I mean, you've got uh, Scott, he's um, Dean's brother, isn't he? Yeah, that is Dean's brother, then, Scott. Well done, mate. Jason, sorry. <laughs> it's all right, stepdad. that's all right. Um, I will get it right. Um, no, they are... It's a good team, very consistent team. All three of them, to be honest, are a great group of lads get on with them really well I would say yeah I think a lot of people do um, they're great fun to play with and yeah I think that's the first time I'd played with Jason and Dean so we'd we won the triples on the day what, I think um, Jason needed to win that triples as well actually where, where was it to where, where, was that the one at Nottingham or no that was one at Worthing at Worthing how many teams, many teams turn up because I know one of the problems with a lot of these ranking events, apart from titles weekend, is the amount of entries, isn't it? Sometimes, sometimes not enough players get involved, and in, you know, can put a bit of a tarnish the event somewhat. No, I think there must have been around. I think there must have been about sixteen teams yeah. for that event. But to be fair, the teams that did actually enter the competition, good, good standard. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could have had 
32 teams there all together. But yeah, the standard might not have been as, as good. Yeah. Who did you play in the final? Um, I f- believe it was Sam Blakey's team. I'm trying to remember who we played with. Probably Reese and Rowley, maybe? It might have been with Jack, potentially. Yeah, they're, they're normally thereabouts. It's normally those three. You know, yeah. Reese and Sam are usually quite inseparable when it comes to tournaments, aren't they? They usually play together quite a lot. So, yeah, no, so last year you won two national events then? Yep, so it's my first two national events. Very pleased. Yeah, that's good, mate. Well done. Not that's... too far off in the other events either. So where did you come in the rankings? Do you remember? I think I actually... Uh, that was what it was. I missed one of the events. I was going to play with uh, Jason and Jamie. Okay, yeah. In a triples. I can't remember where it was, but basically missed out on some points that day. And I think there was only about 12 teams that entered that competition. Ooh, yeah, that was the one at Nottingham, I believe. Yes, I think it was. Didn't um did David uh, Winkworth win that with Christian Biaglu, or his name is? He may have done, yeah. I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm going to have to look back at the... Uh, as you can see, we've done loads of research for this podcast. <laughs> we, we tried to enter too late. I think the cut-off cut date, date was the gone. Monday before, and we tried on the Wednesday before. Yeah. So none of us took the... Uh, initiative to try and get us entered no that's one um, thing that's, I remember for next year obviously get your entries in on time yeah you've got to be proactive I think otherwise you can be in a position where you miss out on getting not only a good team but miss out on the event altogether can't I think you? I had about I came 12th overall well, that's not too bad in the rankings um, but how many points do you remember how many points off we'd missed out on that I think so if you'd have won the other one you could have quite possibly been in it was quite tight I believe between sort of 6 and however many 12 up to 15 maybe yeah um, but yeah, just missing that one event can make. All yeah, the it's important that you play all the events if you really want to have a good chance of, yeah. of making the top six. What 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 um, let's talk about it now. What what do you think of the squad system? I know last year was the first time that for this year they were implementing a squad system, which obviously I think the, I mean the the six that are in it at the moment is a uh, Sam Blakey, Roland Jones, Jason White. Uh, Ross Jones, I believe. Um, who else is in it? I'm trying to think of the others. Um, come on, think, 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 think. What for the top six? Yeah. Did you say Reese? Yeah, uh, Reese Gold, yep. And it was Dean Seville, but I've got a feeling yeah. Dean Seville's been. Isn't can't make it so for one reason or the other. So Jeremy Huntley has been moved up one to uh, six. Oh, really? I I believe so. Yeah. Don't I've quote me on that, but I heard I, a lot I, from him. I do believe that. Um, so yeah, so the sits are going to be in a squad system this year. I think they'll be um, uh, helped financially to play in events around around Europe or just across the shores in France, and then they will have to play play with each other in the actual ranking events. Which personally, for me, I don't think it's a good idea. But that's that's up to something. Lynn, what what do you think of the squad system? Do you think it's a positive, a negative, or do you not really care? You just think it is what it is. So I think we've got such a mixed bag of ability in in England. You've got no. If you look at France, for example, um, they've got they, a lot of top players. They've they? got an awful lot of top players. But with um, us, you can almost throw a blanket over it. You could, yeah. And there's no. For me, there is no absolute standout player. No, it's it's very much and one one tournament to the next. You know, just say there's ten top shooters and ten top pointers. One, if there was ten tournaments over the year, each person would probably win each one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not like one person wins everything all the time because they are head and shoulders above everyone else. Is that is that what you're trying to trying to say, sort of thing? 
It is, yeah. Um, another big thing I'd just like to mention, well, what from my personal views, I think obviously you've got, it's the top six, isn't it? The top yeah. two currently are automatically yeah, team selected. Number one, and yeah, you've player got one and two, yeah. Three to six are picked by a broader people. Now, from a personal note... No, no, three and six aren't picked. They're three to six. So, let me... So basically, well, what happens is now they're not. So, they're, so they're what happens players. is number one and two are automatically selected for a world championships or European championships or whatever yeah. the event is to represent England. Then t- player three to six yeah. is then given a telephone interview. I think this was for 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 last year, and they are then selected. Then Patong England then select two players from that three, four, five, and six to represent England with the other two that come to make a squad of four. That's what I believe it was. Um, this year I believe it's just a squad of six, and Embertol England select the four from that six, I believe, to represent England. That's what I believe. Also, now. everyone else below the six. I have, I have no chance of playing in a. I don't know if it's Worlds this year or European Championships. Once again, I've not done my research, but I'm sure it's not a big, big. It's either the Euros or the Worlds, and um, yeah. So this year, one of the four of the six will then represent England once again. Okay, so. In terms of, so I mean, I haven't looked into it overly, but obviously, um, if I enter these national events this year, it's for next year. It is for next I, year. I, okay, I, so I, we are I, actually playing for something. Yeah, yeah. So this year, you are playing for something. There's no, I, I did query that as well, but no, yeah, you are. It's it's the same as last year basically. But I think what the problem was is, I think one of the tournaments has been brought forward this year. That's why they're using last year's for this year. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think is it the is it men's worlds this year? Yeah, I, I like I say, I, I can't, I do not remember, but yes, worlds of Euros has been brought forward. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I think I did see in the calendar. I think it's being played when when the, the British Open is, I believe. Ah, right. Okay. I believe that's what I think. So yeah, so so what are you? So you haven't really told us what you think of the rankings and the and the squad system. Like I say, do you think it's a good idea? What 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 do you think? is a better alternative if you have one or like I said do you just think well it is what it is people need to just put well, yeah. up and shut up and get on with it I mean if the event's been brought forward to early on in the year in terms of actually trying to get a whole new load of rankings and points together before that event begins again um, trying to find oh yeah it'd be, it'd be impossible trying, yeah, trying yeah it'd be stupid yeah. Is, uh, um, you think they're a good idea I the rankings be... with the points me personally, I like rankings. I think ranking system is good. I just personally, I just don't know if it's implemented the right way. But I'm not going to get into that right now because I mean, I'm, I'm it's been exhausted. Know. It's been pretty much exhausted. I think, on a personal note, for me to be able to be considered or even have a chance of getting in or being selected, I would have to get into that top two. It's not the top six. Um, because as I said earlier on, you feel it's a bit clicky, then, do you? It's not necessarily clicky, but I think I feel like Patong England are looking for a specific type of player. Now, if you've got two pointers and two shooters from your three to six, um, I believe Patong England are always going to go for the shooters over the pointers for a more attacking lineup. More attacking lineup, yeah. And <clears> I think if I was ever, if I wanted to get myself into the team, it would have to be one or two get in there automatically um so yeah right yeah so we've uh, had a chat then about 2019 and how it went for Callum so what about 2020 then Callum new season is approaching 
the ranking events are pretty much the same. I know that they're using the Worthing Weekend of Batonk for one of the rankings, which is quite exciting. You know, it's, it's a good, very well-run tournament by the Southern Region. Are you looking forward to playing in the rankings this year? Um, do you want to tell me a little bit who you're playing with and in what events and and uh, what you're looking to achieve? I mean, obviously you're looking to achieve a top six, but is that a realistic target for you? Um, in all honesty, I think I do think it is realistic for myself. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, and that again will be a goal for me this year, absolutely. Um, obviously to get there, have you got your team I sorted? Have, I have, yeah, I've got a few new teams this year. Um. It's going to involve me playing with some new players, uh, one or two I've not necessarily played with before, and some that obviously I did play with from last year. Uh, so as you know, I'll be playing with um, you and Jack in a few of the triples this year. Um, you'll be able to tell me more again about which ones those are again. Yeah, well, we, we can't talk about yeah. that many competitions. No. So. Um, one thing I will mention though is. Um, because they've introduced this year, haven't they? The weekend, the southern weekend of Patonk, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be. Um, it's going to be a ranking event. Singles, doubles, and triples. Yeah. So um, I've mentioned this to you already, but um, a lot of people won't know. But I believe down at Worthing, they have actually adapted and changed the piste quite a bit down there. And from what I've heard, it's actually been made a lot easier. So well, they throw more gravel on it. I believe so. I bet it's like the fine gravel as well, isn't it? Rather than I, I can't stony. comment too much on it because I haven't been down there. Um, but I know someone in particular. I think it's Mark Duncan. He'd been down there with Will. He played in a competition. I don't know if it was with the juniors, Southern Juniors yeah. down there. Um, but it does sound as though um, Worthing have put a lot more gravel on top of what's already there, uh, especially the technical piece down the bottom, which everyone does. Yeah, enjoy. Like. Yeah, I love those pieces. I mean, yeah. I didn't personally think it needed much doing to it. Nothing, no, nothing. Many other that's, people. That will be a shame if that's what they've done. If they've made it, but as Barry Wing said, he's got to get on with it. Yeah. Well, don't quote me on that. No, I may be no, no, no. Wrong, could but be wrong, but it's just going I'm sure someone wouldn't lie to you about that. Um, so yeah, that that will be a shame. But talking about the Worthing Weekend of Patonk, um, uh, Southern Weekend of Patonk. Sorry, it's a brilliant event, isn't it? It's yeah, so in previous years it has attracted some, some great players, yes. exceptional players. Yeah, um, trying to think. Of it's just it, but uh, it's just um, yeah. Noel Campinas is, I mean, Campinas has played in it a few times, hasn't he? And he's he was he was player. untouchable that weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I everyone that came up against him was just, uh, just couldn't beat him. It was just on another level. But the actual event itself is so well run, isn't it? By Southern, and I mean. On a personal note, it's one of the highlights of the year for me. I really look forward to it, along with interregionals and the titles weekend. Um, I mean, if anyone's looking to play in the weekend of Patong, it's it's that it's hosted by Southern Region. Um, go to the Southern Region Facebook page or the um, Southern Region website, and there'll be all the details on there, so you can enter and get yourself involved in it. I really do recommend it. I I believe it's over the. Bank holiday weekend? Uh, yeah, so it's changed this, this year. I mean, the bank holiday was originally on the Monday. That's now been moved forward, forward to, Friday. to Friday. Yeah, so it's the start of the month, though, isn't it? May? Um, I believe so, like yeah. The third, yeah. But anyway, it, if you haven't played in it before and you're looking to play in it, then get involved. I, I, I think entries really, are open for that now as well. Yeah, I really recommend it. Um, so, yeah, so that's who you're playing with this year. Um, what, what, uh, what about abroad? Are you playing any... 
events abroad this year. I know last year you went to Cannes, which is a fantastic event. Again, another event I would recommend in France called the Cannes International. Well, National de Cannes, just just on the ferry, hop on the ferry a few hours and you're basically there. It's a fantastic event, isn't it? Yeah, it's only about 20 minutes from the ferry port when you get over to France. Um, it's a two-day competition, isn't it? Yeah. Um, play on the Saturday all day. You play in the morning. It's like a barrage system. If you win two of your matches, you get into the gold competition. If yeah. not, uh, I believe you can enter into another competition. Yeah, it's this competition's running all weekend. But yeah, so are you playing in that this year? You don't know. So obviously it's early days at the moment. I know it's what we in beginning of February today. Yeah, so it's in November, isn't it? I assume I will be playing or going over with Stuart. Floyd and Glenn Floyd again. I've played with them the last uh, few years. A couple of years we've been over yeah, together. We've done really well. And what anywhere else have you played? You know, you're going to play in France. Um, sorry, not France, Spain or anywhere else. Holland, Belgium. Are you looking to play any home nations? Are you going to play home nations this year at all? Um, I have been asked to play the home nations. I mean, I think there was an event in Spain, which Barry Wing. France, he's doing Messaged one in France. Me. Is it about yeah, France yeah, as well? France, yeah. He did message me about that, but to be honest, trying to get all the time off to do these different yeah. events, I mean, there's not enough days <laughs> in the year to get it all in, to be honest. Because no, um, there's you, other commitments. Work and stuff, yeah. Obviously, but, holidays and whatnot. And it's good that you, uh, you do look to play abroad. For anyone listening, I can't stress to you enough how good and how vital and how beneficial it is to play in these comps abroad. Not only does it enhance your game and you come up against such brilliant players, it also it's also a cultural thing as well. The way they the way they present competitions in France, Holland, Belgium, even Jersey, it's just so much so so different to over here. It's a lot more professional, isn't it? It's a lot more it's a lot more emphasis on on winning the competition and what you get out of it and how they how they run like most finals over here you'd have like the final playing while other games are going on sometimes yeah where in other countries the final like most sports is the main event is what you are trying to get to and they make it a spectacle they all they don't let other teams play and other games go on once the final is there that is the main event and people sit down and watch it I think over in England, we, we seem to want to get things done and get home quick rather than just appreciate that pe- teams are in the final and we should watch it and support it. Too many teams, players or spectators, just want just want to get home, don't they? That is very true. I mean, obviously, if you look at some of the events we have in our country, um, I'm sure there are a lot more people that would like to stay on and watch these finals and watch these matches. Some but long drive sometimes. I mean, sometimes you have got to think about as well, maybe the way competitions are run, especially the the ones at Gravesend. Swiss system. Do you like Swiss system? Um, I'm oh, not a big I fan have, of Swiss, no. no. I'm not a fan of it, no. That, that can make you some, forever. I mean, there's fi- finals go on to... I mean, last year when me and Kaylee got to the mixed doubles final, I think we were playing at like 8 yeah. And I would never expect anyone no. to want to stay that late just to, no. it, to watch. Yeah, like say, I mean, there's so much travelling involved. Yep. You're getting home. I don't think we got home till must must be about midnight, midnight, midnight yeah. on the day. Yeah, I, yeah, It's a big I'd... commitment to make. And I think that's another thing for the sport as a whole. I mean, if we want to make the tonk attractable and to get more people involved. Floodlights, baller drones. 
It's we, a so we somehow one. got to make it. We don't make other money, sports, do we? Other sports. I mean, look at cricket and uh, <laughs> golf, for example. Um, they've had to come up with new systems, new ways of playing the games. Like f- cricket, for example. Twenty twenty. You've got yeah, you've got your test matches, which are five days. But they've they've introduced obviously the twenty twenty and the hundred. Yep, and also with golf, I think you've got like your is it like nine holes or something? Yeah, you have nine holes. You know, just trying to cut the. I think I think the biggest problem is, again, it's just not a spectator sport. I mean, not only does it not get exposure and a minority player, it just isn't one of those. It's very hard to differentiate. I don't know what the word is. Differentiate. Yeah, differentiate the uh, different ball. So when you're playing, you can't. In like sports like bowls and other ball sports, they have different colours and it's so much easier to understand what's going on. Where in Patonk, most ball are silver. Well, every ball turns out to be silver over time. And it's just so difficult to understand who's doing what and where. And I think from my own experiences, I mean, I've watched Patonk with my dad before and he literally, and he's not stupid. He loves sport, all sport, and he understands how Patonk works. But he is literally there going... I don't get who's on. I don't get who's doing what. I, I don't know whose ball is who. And unless you play the sport and you know everything about it and you're watching it intently, you just wouldn't know, would you? You just wouldn't know who's doing what and whose ball's closest. I just think it's very hard to sell the sport to people when it isn't a good spectator sport. Do you agree? No, I do agree in terms of the spectator spectating side of I mean things. I like I enjoy watching Baton but I know a lot of Baton players you know don't what's going on. yeah a lot of Baton players don't they? I think of rugby for example um, I mean there's times when I watch rugby <laughs> and you're, a bit... you're, you're trying to click on to what's actually going on but, but you love it because there's... it's so fast paced isn't it yes it's enjoyable to watch Baton just it's a shame because Bowles was on BBC the other day and I just think oh, it's just I'm not trying to be negative on it. I mean, some people love it, each to their own, but it just bores me. It's one of those sports, though, that you start watching it. For me, I I start watching it and then it keeps me gripped for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, but that's because you understand the game because you play the time. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. It's just, it's very odd how things get get the airtime like that. So, yeah, so 2019, uh, 2020, sorry, you're going to be pushing for that top six space. You've got your team sorted. You're going to be playing in Khan with. Glenn and Stuart Floyd again and see what happens in the year I think that's the thing I'm just going to see where it takes me I mean as I said to you earlier I just want to try and win as many competitions as possible and that gets me in the top six at the end it does if it doesn't then so be it I'll you, try again have you played any events this year? as in 2020? yeah have you played I've played anything? no Batonk this year I mean I've picked up Batonk ball today um, today with yourself I had a few throws down at Southampton City um, and I think a horse poo cup, we call it. <laughs> yeah, don't call it that. Yeah, the Cobb Stables, Cobb Stables Indoor <laughs> Winter League. Yeah, I think is the actual title hosted by Cobb. It's the Tonk Club. I don't think horse poo cup is 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 what it's uh, it's effectively known as that. But I don't think you win a horse poo cup at the end of it. But yeah, that, that's that's a very interesting thing to play on, isn't it? Yeah. So, do you? Uh, do you have any tournaments coming up? Like, how do you get into the rhythm of playing again? Because that's something that I've always found hard to get into. Because I find like over winter, you spend all that time not playing and trying to get back involved in it. You you end up coming back so poorly. 
so your put your your game is like almost regressed again, and then you've almost got to build it back up. I mean that's that's the problem of playing in England. There's no nowhere to play in the winter, is there? It's it's predominantly March to October, well probably April to October, and after that you're hibernating without your ball. Yeah, so all the events are kind of squeezed into like a solid six months, isn't six, it? Six seven months, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> yeah, when the nights start drawing in. And you've not really got any indoor arenas or anywhere to play, and it's cold and wet outside. I mean, another thing with the temperature drop. I mean, when your hands are really cold. Oh yeah, it's, trying it's so, to play for so time when it's freezing. Try yeah, and, try and create the the rhythm and yeah, the spin, the release, yeah, the release that you need that's required. And I just sort of think to myself, like, you're not practicing properly if you're not able to actually. Use yeah, your hands, yeah, use your hands right way. yeah. You end up you end up having freezing cold ice blocked hands and And unfortunately this I don't find the sport as enjoyable in the winter when it's cold and damp and wet. I mean Yeah. It comes a chore it, rather than enjoyment. It's a bit ridiculous. I mean the peaks become not flooded but yeah, you start wet, having puddles yeah. and it's sloppy and it's slippy and you've got to wait another six months before you can actually uh wouldn't be nice to live in France, eh? Yeah, it. I mean, you think of the top players like Dylan Rocher and uh, Philip Cante and stuff like that. They they are playing almost every other day, indoors, all the time. You know, it's similar. I know we've both played football at a high level, and when we were growing up, we were both you know in academies and at professional clubs. And you realise the reason why we were so good at football was because we played every day. We would play every day in the garden with our friends, training three times a week, matches, Saturdays and Sundays. And people don't realise that the more you play, the better you do get. It it, it really does. It, it just makes everything permanent. You know, they say practice makes perfect, but I believe practice makes permanent. It makes what you want to do almost, um, you know, involuntary. It just becomes natural. And where we stop and don't play for those three or four four months over winter, I mean, we lose, we, we just lose it. And we've almost got to start again. It's ridiculous. No, there is that. But then there's also, I think when you do get back into the swing of things, I think the biggest thing we can learn as players in this country is to try and develop sort of our mental side of the game. Yeah. Because um, I've seen people practising before they've played in matches. We can all smash ball. We can all do it. Um, we're all capable of making the shots count. It's just actually making the shots count when it matters. And it's trying to create that environment where you're kind of building the pressure on yourself and to see whether or not you're capable of actually making shots count, making your points count. As Going back to what you said in France and Cannes, where the, the further you get into the competition, you start finding yourself on the main piece and yeah. you're playing in front of all these people. And, and it's, it's, it's a total different ball game. Um how you kind of go about developing that in this country, um, it's a tough one, yeah. especially for the Remains to be seen. Yeah, the guys and girls. Like I said, playing abroad, I think is the yeah. The more you play abroad, the more you put yourself in that situation, that environment where the pressure's on you. And when you're playing against someone who in France probably isn't considered one of their best players, but he's still making eighty percent of his shots count. Yeah, you almost have to you have to match him or better him or That's her one of the main because things. otherwise you're going to get beaten. It's one of the main things I've noticed and realised from going to France is that even if you're winning the game quite heavily, um, they kind of just find something within uh, a button clicks they switch, yeah, and switch on. They don't they don't miss a thing, and 
you kind of, you kind of find yourself struggling to see how it matches because they begin hitting everything, points going their way. Um, I mean, the standard in France and other countries is so good that you could lose thirty nil and play one of your best games you've ever played. It does make it does honestly help you to a. It does bring your game up. Yes, a level I when mean, you go abroad. it's one of the things I can recommend so highly for those aspiring players out there that have maybe only just started playing. Or and it's such a good feeling when you come back to this country yeah, and then you've you've you had can that see you progressed. Yeah. So people that are out there now listening to this and they maybe want to improve and get better, put yourself on that ferry or put yourself on that flight to France and get on get on one of the big tournaments out Even there. Even if it's just once or twice a year. Yeah, it you it will open your eyes massively. I mean, it happened to me when I first started going abroad. I just couldn't believe the standard and I couldn't believe how much it helped me coming back to England. And yeah, recommend it big time. If you ever get the chance to go, go to France, go to Belgium, go to these other countries that it's almost their second or third sport and you'll see the benefits. So we're uh, coming to the end of the podcast now. Um, just a few more things we want to get through. Um, I hope you've uh, enjoyed enjoyed being on the podcast, Callum. I hope um, it's not been uh, not been too bad. I know it's not easy to think on your feet sometimes when you're being asked questions, but I do appreciate your, the way you've been today. You've, you spoke very well. Um, so just just one last thing before I transform into a genie. Patonk uh, <laughs> England. Now over the last. I don't know, a couple of years, they've got a bit of flack. They've had a bit of um, controversy from... Well, not controversy, but they've had a bit of um, bit of negativity towards them from certain players, from from what I'd say the elite players and uh, the way the direction of the game's going and how they're doing it. Um, noted, notably with um, when they selected their uh, team a couple of years ago for the World Championships... Um, Obviously, that's been been and gone now. Uh, what what what's your take on it all? I mean, for someone looking in, the outsider looking in, do you think the rankings are a good idea? Do you think it's the right direction? Something should be going, or do you believe in the old style Grand Prix system, where it's the various qualifiers and then finals day, and the best team on the day go and represent their country? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think it's important to remember that the people at the highest level that represent Batonk England are doing it voluntarily. Um, so there there may not always be something that we agree with. No, not, but yeah, you like, are right. They are like democracy, there's ifs and buts and people prefer one way to another. I mean, I've never personally done a Grand Prix myself because I've only really been doing the Nationals um, for the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, but on sort of like a, a bigger perspective of Batonk as a whole, um, it's important to remember that it's not just nationally. Um, I've I've been I've sort of found within our region, within Southern Counties. I don't know if this is the same for other country, other countries, other other counties up and down the country. Um, the members, the membership doesn't tend or seem to be growing or getting bigger. And I think Batong England possibly could do more to help these individual regions out to try and get more people involved in the game to make it bigger because in 10 year, 5 10 years time down sort of down the line it could be less it could be less and we don't want sort of our our sport to to die off no. so to speak you want it to get bigger and get more 
more people involved. I mean, one of the big things... I mean, my, my dad's just become our regional president for Southern yeah, Counties. Stephen Lombard. Yeah. And one of the biggest things for him is he doesn't want to sort of see the sport peter out almost. Um, he wants to try and get a new membership in. And if that means adjusting some of the leagues in the region that we have. So the Niners side, for example, we currently play three matches a night. And there, seems, there seems to be a lot of... Um, we don't tend to get as many league teams playing in these sort of nine-a-side league that we have due to us finishing later on at night, sort of 11, 11.30, you've got to do all this travelling to get home. So you think that kind of so thing puts might, people off? It does, and I think... Even players that play? It's made, We're sort of thinking at the moment about adjusting the nine-a-side league to maybe having just the two matches. Um, my dad sort of picked up to me that the six-a-side league, particularly in southern counties was originally started for new members yeah. that had just joined the club. And I think with like the introduction of Euro Cup and exactly. stuff like that, it's six side has become... And, it's the yeah. and I think having the nine aside is really good because that can almost be used for other members in your club once you've built up those members yeah. to allow them to play matches as well and to improve themselves and then maybe push into the six-a-side team. Um, but as I say, we need to make the nine aside sort of more attractable to members and other clubs. Okay, that okay, might okay. Just be going off a li- little bit off oh, subject no. here, because obviously what you do in your region is... <coughs> totally is, different. You know, no, it's not totally different, and it is relevant, but it's probably only relevant to those listening from Southern Counties, but how how do you feel Tom England can get more people involved? How can they reach out to regions? I mean, one thing that I've always felt that isn't... that doesn't... that hasn't had enough uh, attention is sponsorship. I don't believe we do enough to get people to to sponsor sponsor, sponsor Patonk. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that it's easy. Clearly, it's not easy. If it was easy, we'd have more sponsors. But I just don't think enough is done to get to promote the sport. I, I think mean, it's important you, to. You think how good Barry Wings been and Glenn, Glenn Floyd, Floyd and yeah. the way they get the numbers and um by numbers I mean pounds. I mean like how they get money involved in the sport, how they get people to want to sponsor it. I mean. That's just two people. I mean, obviously there's people behind them that help, but Patonk England are the governing body. They are the organisation of our sport. Surely they can get someone to sponsor Patonk England. Well, I don't know the ins and outs and how you go about trying to get that sponsorship. Well, no. That's a bit above and beyond me. Um, I'm not on the board. I don't know. But, but to me, that's just one of the examples exactly. how, how it can grow. Yeah. But in terms of promoting the sport at grassroots level... I mean, personally, I don't have the answers right now, but I'm sure you could think of something that, that would bring more people in. I mean, using schools is one thing. I know, I think a lot of schools, you know, the indoor ball have now come out, haven't they? You can play indoors now, yeah. and that might be something worth investing in and trying to get... I mean, someone like Jamie Lewis, who's a teacher, I'm pretty sure he could use it in this, you know, as part of his school day, you know, with the kids and getting them involved in playing something like Patonk. I mean, that, that's that's one way of getting people involved in well, it. We do have maybe our, get yeah, parents. Scouts, scouts hut down at where we now play. Yeah. And um, we do get asked. I think, I think for me, scouts. that is one way we could go about getting more people involved. That's something that, to promote the sport, we need to get involved in, like, say, like, scout groups. Um, Duke of Edinburgh groups I don't really know how that works but I guess that's that's what it is a bit like scouts um schools primary schools and those those kids will hopefully tell their parents who in turn 
might come and have a go and then that's how you'd build it up. But I then mean, it's about making the sport attractable for them to continue and to yeah, continue that's wanting to play because I mean, families don't have the time on yeah. weekends to play as we do from All day 9.30 as well. till 7, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. What are we offering as a sport to try and make yeah. it attractable to the I think that's some of something they've got to look at, haven't it's they? Not just, I mean, it's not just the highest level we need to focus on. I, I, I mean, it's personally... Quite, you know, we're, going, we're waffling on a little bit here, but personally, I think Patong England do, do a good job. You know, like you say, it's the volunteers. You know, they're the ones that have to make decisions. And like Jurgen Klopp said recently, you know, can't always make popular decisions. You know, some choices are going to are gonna have a negative effect on people and some people get offended easier than others. But I think on the whole, they're doing, they're doing well. And, you know, it's a shame that, you know, obviously I'd like to wish... Um, Martin Edelton, wow, he's you know he's stepping down as president, isn't he? So that's we need to find a new president, and you know Martin's been there what five years? Is it four or five years? And yeah, he's, he's done a relatively good done job. A fantastic job. Um, but I just think the next person that comes in needs to be a bit more, in my opinion, and it's no slight on anyone on the board. It's just a bit more sports minded, a bit more. Do you understand what I mean? Someone that's more into sport, understands sport a bit more. I think. The problem at the moment is, is there's some people that are more administrative. You know what I mean? Like they're really good at that side of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, make you know, with numbers and with writing and with making sure it all works the right way. But maybe don't have an understanding of the actual sp- of sport in general. I think that's just for me. But anyway, that's another thing. Um, but yeah. Um, cheers for that, Callum. Um, it's been great talking to you. Um, really, really enjoyed it. We're now gonna uh, ask you for your Three wishes, your three patent wishes. I'm gonna now transform into a genie. Poof, I'm now a genie. Um, God, you've gone all purple. And I know, I'm blurry. I know, I'm a gorgeous genie, aren't I? I think that's what they call me, gorgeous genie Dave. Um, so yeah, you've got three wishes. I think one wish needs to be a, for you. So wish that you want. What what benefits you? What is your wish? So so it could be just to play in a world championships, a European championships, be number one in the rankings. Win the regionals with my region. What 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 one wish would you love for yourself? To be the best, to be number one, hundred percent. What? That okay, is, that's a that, bit loose, though, isn't it? Do you want to be number one ranked player in England? I think to to show that you are the best number one in England, you have to. But it's still subjective, isn't it? You want to be number one ranked player, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so that that's yeah. I can. I, I'm going to make that wish happen. Poof. Let's see if it happens. Um, <laughs> wish number two then. What do you want to see? Ah, oh, sorry. What do you want to see? Uh, your wish. What do you wish would happen uh, with the sport in general? So, for short, sure, I mean, you'd love to see it on TV. You'd love to see more newspaper coverage. Um, you want there to be uh, more sponsorship involved. What one thing do you really wish could happen for the sport? I mean, it may sound really obvious, but. A massive thing for me would be to have sort of an arena or a complex, a baller drone, where we can go and play all year round in a fixed place location where it's visible and viewable to everybody and they can kind of just turn up when they want, play when they want to play, whether it's competitively or just a few games per tonk and they may only have to pay, I don't know, a few pound an hour to have to play. Yeah, obviously you do need the money. You would need to get it from somewhere, and that's where and the sponsorship co- it costs, comes. It costs it, is a it? lot of money. Don't get me wrong, and I don't know how we'd go about getting one. 
because again it's beyond me um, but I would love nothing more than for us to sort of you know where, where would you want to locate it though centrally like... it's easy for me to say I mean I would personally love one down south so I could go, I could go <laughs> yeah, okay. use it every other day sort of thing I'm not going to make that wish happen sorry no, you I need know to it's be not. a I know, a, let's be liberal on a here. broad, on a broader sort of spectrum. Then, um, an ideal location. I mean, <laughs> I'm Lon- not gonna, I'm London. Not, it's easy to say London, but then there's costs that come with London. I mean, the more the closer you get to London, the more it's going to cost you. And I don't think it's uh, it's not going to happen. No, okay. To try and find somewhere in London. So your wish is to have a border drone um, for the region for the sport. So your final wish is what. One player in the world do you wish you could play with? I could play with. You can pick two if you want. It could be triples, but... Oh, I'll tell you what. I would I would, I would, would say I'd like to play with Rizzi. 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 Diego Rizzi. From Italy. Yep. That's I'd a great love, player. I'd love to play in a doubles with him. You would shoot for him, yeah? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um... No, because I kind of I like his temperament. He's got yeah, great he's, temperament. He just, he's just chilled, seems, isn't he? He's chilled, but then he also seems to have a competitiveness about him, which I yeah, really like. He's quite steely, isn't he? Yeah, very. Focused. I think that's quite an Italian sort of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and so where's I think he wears his heart on his sleeve, that fella. Yep, he's very passionate. What um? Okay, so you want to play doubles? If you had to have another player for triples, Ooh. think you the balance of the team, Calamir, please. So your dad. <laughs> I'll just I'll have myself as the out and out pointer. Okay. Really will be shooting. We'd have to think of a middle. Um, I'll tell you what, I've been really impressed with. Um, is it Romanu? Romanu? Yep, Stefan Romanu. Stefan Romanu. So that would be your middle? He would be my middle. Because that's I, your I remember, team. I remember watching him at London. <laughs> and not just in London, but just on like YouTube clips and stuff. But whenever I see him play, I just I never tend to see him make any mistakes, whether it's pointing or shooting. He's so so consistent. I think he's brilliant. Okay, so um, let's just uh, go back then. So your wish one was to be ranked number one in the in the rankings. Wish number two was to have a baller drone, and your ultimate wish to play with would be Diego Rizzi and Stefan Robinu. It's too easy to say. Dumb. Dumb. Right. Thank you, Callum, for uh, um, joining me today. Um, I hope everyone out there enjoyed listening. Um, we sure did enjoy uh, talking. Um, please let me know of any uh, any problems, any positives, any you know. Obviously, it's not not going to be perfect. It's our first time doing it, and we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.